A lot of times, people, when you've got storms in your life, you've got to have sense enough to try to figure out what's causing the thing. And if you don't figure out what's causing it, you're going to be in a storm the rest of your life. Or if you get out of that storm, or another one right around the corner because you've never understood, figured out and solved what's causing the storm. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. And today I am going to be speaking from the book of Jonah. And I am sure that everyone who is here and everyone who is electronically hearing the sound of my voice, you are familiar with the prophet Jonah. You're familiar with his story that God told him to go to another city and prophesied to the people, and Jonah didn't want to go, and he ran and got on the ship. ship got in a storm, threw him overboard. He got swallowed by the big fish. You know the story. But I am preaching today from the subject, I am glad Jonah ran. I am glad Jonah ran. And the book of Jonah, beginning at the first verse, the New King James Version, reads, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you to that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, 
We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. The men then feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. I am glad Jonah ran. And I am glad for three reasons. Reason number one, if Jonah had never run, there would have never been a storm. When the storm came, the sailors or the mariners did three things. First, they cried out to their God. Everything that they worshipped, they cried out to. Sometimes when you get in a storm, you will cry out to some things that you have been worshipping and you will find out that those things cannot save you. They, they cried out to their God, Lord, help me. And, and see, sometimes people, we worship some things and there are some situations in life that the money that you have been worshiping cannot pull you out of. That there's, there's a doctor's report and you've gone to the best doctors in the land and the best doctors in the land have told you there's nothing that we can do for you. And you'll tell them, but look, I've got the best insurance that you can buy. I've got Blue Cross Platinum. And they'll tell you, look, look, there's nothing. We, we run every test. We've given you every drug. No matter how much money you have, there's nothing that we can do for you. There's a point at which the things that you have worshipped and idolized can do absolutely nothing for that. There's a point that some people can can get into a depressed state and all of the finery around them. You can you can get in a, a fancy car wearing a fancy fur coat with a nice, super expensive hat with Gucci shoes, a Gucci bag and Gucci underwear. And you still feel like dirt. There comes a point sometimes when all of the stuff that you have worshipped can do nothing. But you, you spend all of your time and, and your focus idolizing and loving your children. And there comes a point when you can't even get a call from them. There, there, there comes a point when all of the stuff that you have idolized can do nothing for you in the midst of of a divine storm. Yes, yes. The sailors did three things. First thing they did, they called upon their God. The second thing they did, they threw the cargo overboard. This was their merchandise, their, their freight, their livelihood. It was their money. There comes a point where we're about to drown. We got to throw all of this precious stuff overboard so that we may live. There, there comes a point when you get in peril that, that not only can it not do you any good, sometimes you even have to get rid of the stuff. We had a race yesterday at, at our annual picnic and Lucretia, who is getting married in another few days to rock, 
As we were back in the dressing room, Lucretia said she asked Rock, how did he do in the race? And Rock said he came in eighth. And she asked him how many people were running. And he said eight. And she said, you came in last. But you see what people did not know about Rock. The picnic that we had, every runner missed the food but Rock. Rock was sitting next to me. And Rock was eating. And I said, I said, man, are you going to run in the race? Rock said, yeah. And, and Rock was just eating. And I noticed Rock ate a big plate of fish and beans, and he had a big chunk of potato salad, then he had two or three slices of bread, then he had a couple of glasses of tea. Rock, I, I said, man, you gonna run with all that on your stomach? Rock said, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so I, I give Rock credit for running the race, and he really wasn't that far behind, but I believe Rock could have done a lot better had Rock lightened the load. <laughs> So the sailors understood the principle that in a storm, when you have a rough, tough race, when you have to put out everything you've got, you've got to lighten the load. You can't be burned down with a whole lot of stuff. You can't have a whole lot of stuff on your mind. You have to have your body, mind, and spirit free and light if you truly going to run a heavy-duty, powerful race. So here in the midst of this storm, they threw the cargo overboard. Third thing they did, they cast lots to see who was causing the storm. Now, there's one thing I have to give these sailors credit for. Understand this, they're pagan. They're heathen. They don't believe in the almighty God. They're worshiping idols. But there's one thing I have to give them credit for. They understood something supernatural was going on. They they may not have known God, but they understood that something was going on beyond what they knew, beyond what they could see, beyond the power that they had. They understood something was happening in the heavens. Sometimes people, we still fail to understand that. And we're in the midst of the storm and we don't have sense enough to understand something is going on in the heavens. See, even if you've got something wrong, the first issue of finding when something is wrong, you got to diagnose the problem. That's why they cast those lots. They said, let us find out what the problem is here. Whatever this is, it's not just the storm. It's something else causing this thing. They had sense enough to find the true cause. They they, they didn't, didn't just curse the storm. They said, let me find out. What is causing this thing? Because if we don't fix what's causing it, the storm will continue and it will kill us all. A lot of times, people, when you got storms in your life, you've got to have sense enough to try to figure out what's causing the thing. And if you don't figure out what's causing it, you're going to be in a storm the rest of your life. Or if you get out of that storm, another one right around the corner because you never understood figured out and solved what's causing the storm. So the third thing that they cast lots To see what was causing the storm. 
In a sermon a couple of sermons ago, it's sermon number 5449 called Suppose, I talked about the verse where God sent drought, locusts, and sickness. He sent some of the worst calamities known, but the purpose was to save the people. And it's hard for us to understand sometimes how can God be in the midst of a storm? Sometimes his purpose is to save the people. When I preached that sermon, my mother afterwards came up to me and she began to relate to me her car accident that she'd been involved in recently. My mother was in an accident not too long ago and she called me from the expressway. And she says, son, I just want to call to let you know so you're not worried in case you hear about it. I have just been in a car accident on the expressway. I was driving and I looked down and by the time I looked up, a car in front of me had stopped and I slammed into the back of the car. She said, I want to let you know that I'm all right. But I also want to let you know God did this. And I can see in this accident The hand of God. And there have been some things I have been wrestling with in my spirit. And God brought this accident to clarify and focus me on the thing I had been wrestling with. And mama said, I'm going to straighten it out right now. And actually, it wasn't like she was going through any mess in her life. The stuff was concerning the prayer hour here on Wednesday. And mother said, we've gotten off focus. We're not praying like we should. I got to get it because I, I put, placed her in charge of the Wednesday prayer hour. She said, I got to get in there and straighten out that prayer. And God caused this accident. It's been on my spirit and it solidified the minute I bammed into that car. I know it was God. There was a thing in life. The more spiritual you are, the more you see the hand of God in what looks like is an accident. See, those sailors, they didn't worship the true God, but they were spiritual enough to know this was a power beyond them. And they could not solve it within themselves. So the, the, the more in touch you are with God the more you will understand it is God who orchestrates, controls everything. But he gives you a choice about some stuff. I'm glad that Jonah ran. I'm glad Jonah ran because God caused the storm. And when he caused the storm, in verse 16, Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. If God had never caused the storm, those men would have died never knowing the Lord. And sometimes God's orchestrations are beyond what we can immediately see. And a storm that is about to capsize a ship. The average mind would not be able to see this is the hand of God orchestrating and moving to save men who otherwise would not be saved. Sometimes people, the only time you really listen to God and get on your knees and look up to God is when you're in the middle of a storm that's about to kill you. And unfortunately, it's it's the way we are sometimes. We won't even look up to God until it's a storm that is about to kill us. And if Jonah had never run, Those sailors would have never gone to God. The third reason that I am glad that Jonah ran, I'm glad that he ran 
because God caused a storm that saved sailors. But the third reason that I'm glad that Jonah ran, and that reason begins in the third chapter of Jonah. And it reads, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Jonah, listen that second time. See, sometimes we won't listen that first time. But when the word, see, after he had gone through the storm, got tossed into the sea, spent three days and three nights in the belly of that big fish, then got vomited up on dry land. Some of us will only get out of our mess in the middle of vomit. That's why when you've been on drugs and you get off of drugs, the thing that happens is you're coming off and withdrawing. You just throw up all of that mess on the inside of you. Sometimes we can't get out of our mess. We're in the middle of vomit. The fish had to vomit him up. On the shore. So when the word of God came to Jonah the second time, Jonah listened. Now, the sad thing about this is sometimes the word of God can come to people the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the sixth, and they still won't. Some people just never listen and they just never and they end up perishing in the storm. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three day journey in extent, meaning that it took three days just to get across Nineveh. The city was so big, it took three days just to get across it. Something like New York just took three days just to get across it. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way And from the violence that is in his hands, who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. One who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. If God were not a merciful God, Jonah would not have run. The reason that Jonah ran, bottom line, is because Jonah knew 
that even though God said that he was going to destroy the city of Nineveh, even though God said he would overturn them, Jonah knew that if the people repented, turned from their wicked ways, that God would not destroy them. And Jonah said, that's why I ran. I ran because I knew you were a merciful and a loving God and slow to anger. And if the folk just did right, I knew you wouldn't harm them and you'd restore them. And that's why Jonah ran. If Jonah knew when God spoke the word for him to go to Nineveh and tell the people in 40 days, you're going to be ended. If Jonah knew that there was no hope for the folk, he would not have had a problem going to Nineveh and telling them that. But Jonah said, look, you're going to make me look bad. I'm a prophet. I come here telling folk in 40 days they're going to be destroyed and you don't do it. You're going to make me look bad. So this is what this is why Jonah ran. I'm glad that Jonah ran because people, we all need mercy. We all need a merciful God. We all need a God full of loving kindness. I, I, I don't need a God that's so strict that every time I do wrong, I have to pay the full price for that deviation. I need some mercy. I don't need all justice. I need some mercy. I need the God who Jonah served. I need the God who can calm the sea and the storms of my life. I, I need a God who can look at me and say, my son, turn from your wicked ways and I will stay my hand against you. Now, now the critical thing in this is that the people had to change. See, that's a critical. I, I don't just like to preach to this. God is all merciful. God is all loving. No, 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 no. That's why you need to go back and listen to 5449. Suppose. See, that's when he says, suppose my people, if my people, if, that, that big if. See, the people of Nineveh followed the if. And they turned from their wicked ways. And they did right. And they repented and went the right path. And God let them go. And God let them live. And did not bring judgment and destruction on them. And that's a part that we have to understand. See, God is merciful. He gives us chance after chance after chance after chance. But, but God gets tired of stuff sometimes. And the people of Nineveh had, God was fed up with them. And he sent Jonah the second time. He sent Jonah to tell them, I'm going to overthrow you in 40 days. And them people had some sense. First of all, the head had some sense. And the king said, look, I don't want man nor beast eating a thing nor drinking anything. We're going to fast. I'm going to take off all my fancy clothes. I'm putting on sackcloth and ashes. I'm getting down in the dirt. I'm getting on my knees. I'm calling a fast. I want everything from the highest to the lowest. I want you to call a fast. I want your wife to call a fast. I want your children to call a fast. I want your dog fasted. I want your cow fasted. I want your sheep fasted. I don't even want your chickens eating anything. The king says every living creature in this kingdom is going to get on their knees and we're going to repent before God. And God saw them 
And God saw that they were serious. And God said, I'm not going to destroy them. And that's why Jonah ran. I'm glad Jonah ran. I'm glad that we serve a God who is merciful unto us. Thank you, Father, for sending your son to forgive my sins and for having mercy upon me, a sinner. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the word. This ends message number 5451 by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5451 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5451. I am glad Jonah ran. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.